The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years. Makers of Liquitite Flexible Conduit, electrically connecting our world. everybody. Welcome to the Sportscaster and her son, where sports bridges the gap between the generations. I'm Peggy Kaczynski, 12-time Emmy Award-winning sportscaster at NBC Chicago for 17 years. Yes, I'm a baby boomer. And I'm Jason Canander, contributing writer for various websites, including Minor League Ball, Fan Sided, Bussing Brackets, and The Windy City. And I'm in high school for just a few more months. Yeah, and you are Generation Z. We don't always get along. We are mother and son, but we do both love sports and that brings a lot of conversation in our household, and so we bring it to you as we cross over the generations. We'd like to talk about sports from yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So in this episode, it's out with the old and in with the new. Grandpa Rossi, that's right, Joe Madden is gone. He broke the curse to bring home the World Series to the Cubs, fired after the 2019 season, three years after being the king of the hill. And he's replaced Jason by one of his former players, a guy that he, little did he know, he was probably grooming, he was probably grooming him to take over on the bench. What do you think of David Ross? Um, as a leader, I think that he's an excellent leader. I think that was apparent during the uh, World Series run. As a coach, I have no idea. I don't think that it'd be right for me to comment on him being coach, considering the fact that he has zero coaching experience. So, um... I guess, you know, he has the leadership qualities. He has a respect in the clubhouse. A lot of the guys from that World Series team are still there. Baez, Rizzo, we'll see what happens with Bryant this offseason. But, um, you know, those guys respected him in 2016. I don't think that there's any reason why they wouldn't respect him now in 2020 as their manager. How he develops young talent will be the key, in my opinion. They have Nico Horner. They have Miguel Amaya, who's going to be up in a year, maybe two years. So the Cubs can spend all they want. At this point, it doesn't look like the spending's really gotten them anywhere. So now their development of young talent is going to be what determines how long this window to win stays open, and that falls on David Ross. It's interesting because most of us thought that we got to know David Ross fairly well as John Lester's personal catcher when he was playing with the Cubs in those two years. He announced his retirement heading into the 2016 season, and so it led to that Grandpa Rossi, that persona that everybody grew to love, and then a storybook finish to his playing career. But now when you open the pages to David Ross's book, Teammate, My Journey in Baseball in a World Series for the Ages, you read some interesting comments from Cubs president Theo Epstein that gives us a glimpse into the backup catcher who was not afraid to get in guys' faces, cheer them on, and also act like a manager in the making. So why don't we bring in the author of David Ross's book to get a little bit more insight into the Cubs' new manager. Don Yeager is a longtime journalist, formerly from a Sports Illustrated author of David Ross's book, as we just mentioned, Teammate, My Journey in Baseball, and a World Series for the Ages. You can find him on Twitter at Don Yeager, and you can also check out his website for an inspirational speaker. You're going to learn a lot about the great things he is doing at DonYeager.com. And Don joins us now on The Sportscaster and Her Son. Don, thank you for your time. I'm going to guess you're not surprised that David Ross is jumping right into the, uh, the, the, the position that he is now with the Chicago Cubs as their new skipper. 
Well, I, I'm not surprised because I think David was built to be um, to David's David's a natural born leader, and I think you know there are parts of I think that's part of the position, right? Catcher, right? You're the one person look at the other direction uh, yeah. in in, uh, in in a baseball team, so you're uh, um, you understand far more about uh, complete game planning um, than than many people do when it comes to uh, the role, I mean, it's the reason why a lot of catchers have been successful as as managers. But I think, um, you know, what I love about it was that David didn't try to jump into something, say, right after right after he stopped playing, that he actually took a little bit of time. He, he used it to reflect and grow and get better. And I think he's in every way he's better suited today than he than he would have been even two years ago. So. So do you think that this time that he took, he was with the ESPN for a little while, time that he took to reflect, do you think that that um, will kind of say serve the same purpose, I guess, that maybe getting some experience in coaching would? you think that the, the, the growth that he had as a person and as a leader during that time almost kind of fills the void that is left by not having any managerial or coaching experience at all in baseball? You, you know, I mean, again, I think um, – uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of experience as most people are, but I also am, am, a, you know, but experience doesn't have to always come to us in the exact same ways. Right. And so, uh, I think it will, it will, the, 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 what he did in the last couple of years will give him a perspective on what is going to be asked of him that will be different than he would have had had he gone and say coached in some triple a ballpark somewhere, you know what I mean? Or even bench coached at, uh, you know, in Chicago maybe, or, um, uh, played some other role. I think, I, again, I think experience can come to us in a lot of different ways. I think the idea that you can look in, at, again, um, you know, some pretty successful folks in the business who, um, um, who didn't, you know, who didn't necessarily have a traditional journey, right? Because, you know, traditional journeys are um, uh, no longer um, what uh, what I think uh, everybody thinks they have to be. So I, I'm going to, I, I trust that David, and I do know too that David's a, a lifelong learner. So he's going to spend uh, what time he has between now and spring training to, um, to to sort out and learn even more. So I'm, I'm I'm counting on every bit of that. How did you get to know David Ross? And you know, I covered the team, and I, I covered them, uh, gosh, for 25 years, and. I'm smart enough to know what I don't know. And what we don't typically know is what goes on when we're not around. Now, we can find some stories out and we can hear about, you know, the, the, the players only meetings. But I was really surprised to read Theo Epstein's comments in, in the book, in the foreword of the book, about really how much David Ross really did behind the scenes. Tell us about that discovery when you when you got to know him and as you were finding out about him, how much he really was doing. It, it, he was becoming a manager in the making at that point. Oh, yeah. And I think that was even true. It, you know, as, as Theo said, I mean, it's this was something that he saw years ago, right? He saw it when, when uh, 
when when he had the chance to interact with David in an earlier in an earlier iteration of himself and and uh, and watched him kind of grow and learn and and share and and be willing to kind of not be what uh, not not a, a, a adapt into the role that everybody would have thought of. You know, when Theo first met him, it was, you know, when they hired him as a third string catcher in Boston, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what third string catchers stand up and talk and or share feedback in meetings as David was openly willing to do? Well, I mean, I'll tell you who does is a guy like David Ross who it understands the game and understands how it should be played and, 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 and looks for uh, details within the game that he can then offer to help others. And so um, uh, I, I, I will tell you, though, in answer to your, your first question, um, I actually live in the same town in Tallahassee, Florida, mm. as does David Ross. Our kids uh, today um, go to school together. And, um, and so we, I, I happen to have just known him for a, a bit of time that was um, – that, that had nothing to do with uh, with that book or the Cubs. It was, um, and so as it happened, we uh, you know were introduced through mutual friends and became friends, and then ultimately a book kind of uh, an idea for a book kind of grew from some of what we learned, and um, it I, I liked it. Um, the idea it was far different than trying to write just a typical. Uh, biography. If you're taking on a lesson plan, and the lesson plan is how do you create? Um, how do you how do you make yourself a great teammate? Mm-hmm. And what happens if you can create a team of those folks? I want to circle back to the catcher position for a minute. Some of the best, or at least most successful managers in Major League Baseball played catcher: Joe Girardi, Joe Torre, uh, Mike Sosha, just to name a couple. How do you think that the fact that he played catcher, even though he was a backup? Um, their third string in case of being with the Boston Red Sox for so long, having to handle pitching staff, have the highest baseball IQ on the team. How do you think that that experience is going to help him adjust to becoming a manager at the major league level with the Cubs, where pitching was a problem for a lot of this past year? Well, I do think it's going to be helpful because not only does he understand the importance of uh, of, of calling uh, the game with the pitcher, right? So that makes him valuable to two incredible positions there, the catcher and the pitcher. But then he also, you know, uh, obviously one of the things he was uh, he was part of for 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 many meetings. And again, you, yes, you're the backup catcher, but that doesn't mean that you just go off and and eat sunflower seeds all day long um, in the days in which you're not catching because you don't know what's going to happen on the field, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody can get hurt. If you're not engaged, if you're not a part of the, you're not an active part of the game plan every day, which he was, um, then you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't be ready if suddenly you were called one. So he, um, the role of catcher is more important than whether he was starter or backup, in my opinion. Um, but I think the role of catcher, there's, there's a reason, as you said, that the, that there's a direct correlation between that particular position and uh, and lots of success in baseball, and it's because it is there's a there's a, a captain's mentality. There's a you know um, you're you're you, you 
as a you're looking the other direction. So you're paying attention. Is everybody lined up right? And knowing where he's coming and what I'm expecting to throw, what I'm expecting the pitcher to throw right now, you know, is the shortstop where he should be? Is the uh, should the right fielder slide? And if he knows, if he can tell that they're not in the right position, he also knows that's a good time to like you know, uh, you know, uh, maybe delay the game for a second and try to make sure some of those things are right. Mm-hmm. And so um, he he gets every bit of that. What were you most surprised to find out about him while you were writing the book? What did you not know? I mean, I, we were talking earlier, Don, that it, Grandpa Rossi became this this character that everybody felt like they knew. Um, but then, you know, we're finding a lot of things out that we didn't know about him. What were you most surprised to find out about him? Well, I think, you know, the legend of Grandpa Rossi is this guy that was a great teammate, right? He was just, but, but the journey to become that is what is such a great story. Right? It's that he wasn't born a great teammate. He wasn't always a great teammate. He didn't, there was a period of time when that was not his reputation. In fact, his reputation was the 180 of that. But when he was made aware of it, he, um, he, uh, he showed a self-awareness that was really powerful and, and a willingness uh, to hear words about yourself that nobody wants to hear. Wow. And then to go, and instead of arguing, and instead of saying, no, 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 I mean, he actually used those words to make himself better. There's so much in that wow. that, A, we can all learn from, but that, B, should tell you who is at the heart and soul of David Ross, and that's true right there. Wow. Who who was it that gave him, you know, the truth serum? Who, I, that's like a husband-wife moment, you know, when yeah. when your spouse says to you, hey, you know, you're a real jerk, you know, you're not really was, fun to be around. It was Theo Epstein. Yeah, I it had a Theo feeling. Theo Epstein in Boston, right, yeah. when, 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 you know, he said, hey, by the way, we picked you up for the last part of this year um, after he'd lost his job in Cincinnati because he was fired for being a bad teammate, right? Um, uh, and he said, yeah, we picked you up. Now, I'm going to tell you, this is your reputation. And reputations die hard. And you can, but you should know that if you're going to get a chance to move forward in your career, that that's what people think of you today, industrially. And so um, if you want to get uh, within, if you want to grow within this industry, you better, you might want to change some behaviors. Wow. How do you think, actually, no, do you think that um, controlling the clubhouse and the personalities in the clubhouse is going to be an issue? Because there are still some of the some of the key players from the 2016 team, Baez, Rizzo, Bryant. Uh, do you think that that's going to be an issue at all, or do you think that they're still going to maintain the same relationships that they had when they were all teammates? Do you think that changes now that the roles are changed up a little bit? Well, I mean, I think it has to change, right? I mean, it's that when when your buddy becomes promoted um, to a new role, they uh, there's uh, they're still your buddy, but oh, by the way, there is a slightly different expectation, and David will have to address that, and uh, and he will, you know, because and 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 those people will accept that because they're pros. So I don't think you know anybody's worried about oh man, you know, how will he call out Anthony Rizzo, who is his good buddy. Are you kidding me? He called out Anthony Rizzo when they were good buddies. So he's not going to have a problem um, 
that's not going to be a, that will not be where the problem exists. You know, I think going forward, this he's that will be managed well. What do you think will be his biggest struggle? I think the biggest struggle is, frankly, uh, just the um, the larger organizational responsibilities. Right? You know, when you're a player, you're essentially answering up to a manager and a staff. If you're a manager. I mean, you're answering to this whole myriad of things and people and others that, you know, that suddenly, you know, there's media issues, there's, uh, there, there's, uh, there's scheduling issues. There's all these things that, that, that you get to, that, that now suddenly come and, and fill up your plate. And anybody who thinks that a manager just deals with baseball doesn't understand the role of, of leader in a, in um, leaders are uh, so. I, I think the biggest challenge for David will be, um, and then I know that he's thought through this, is how he will um, play into all of those constituencies uh, right. that now are his. Okay, last question. There's a thing that came out actually earlier this year it was with the Mets where it was revealed that the front office was really making all the calls behind Mickey Calloway anything from the lineups to the pitching changes to shifting there were some talks that maybe that was going on with the Cubs front office and Joe Madden um, if that is the case and the Cubs front office is the controlling type obviously nothing has been said officially about that how do you think that David Ross can handle that and do you think that that could potentially be an issue that arises if they start to hit a rough patch um, in the season? There's a lot of ifs in that question, <laughs> and so I, you know, I, I think there's if there's anything I've learned over the course of a career, it's like to, to be careful when you start wondering into questions with a lot of ifs in it. I, I mean, I, I can appreciate all of that uh, and about Mickey, you know, I, I, um, but I, what I do know is that that. Uh, um, David is a pretty direct soul. And so, you know, I think he, um, uh, I also know he's taken time to, he's been contemplating this opportunity for a bit. And so, um, uh, he's thought through a lot, a lot more than people give him probably credit for. And my guess is that while, yes, they were interviewing him, um, he was asking questions too. Hmm. So, uh, don't uh, you know? I'm. He's. I. I, I believe uh, he's entering this with eyes wide open. I love it. It's going to be interesting to see. It will be an interesting turnaround if he can do it with this team while they're all still in their prime. Um, I think it's an interesting hire. I think that uh, sometimes you you have to look at things with somebody else's eyes and not with your own eyes. So whether it's the fandom, the reporters who are watching the team, um, you, you got to look and see. There's things that we don't know. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a very interesting season with, with David Ross on the bench. Don, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you taking the time. Don Yeager can be found on Twitter at Don Yeager. Pick up his book on David Ross, Teammate, My Journey in Baseball and a World Series for the Ages. And if you are looking for a speaker, you have to check out his website as well at donnager.com. Don, thank you again for joining Jason and me on The Sportscaster and Her Son. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Don. Thank you. 
very interesting to hear that uh, David Ross had been preparing to be a manager over the past couple of years, not just recently. And um, interesting to hear what Don Yeager had to say and the relationship with Theo and David Ross, interesting as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Me too. I mean, I think for those of you that follow me on Twitter, you know how I kind of felt about it. I think that it's more of a... uh, um, it's more of a last-ditch effort to revive the spirit and the energy around the 2016 team. Maybe it'll work out. It'll be like Aaron Boone from the Yankees. Um, but if not, then Cubs are in, the Cubs are in a little bit of trouble. I never agreed with firing Joe Madden. I didn't think that I didn't think that it was a great move. Um, but you know, I hope I hope that David Ross succeeds because he's a he seems like a great guy. I think it'd be an awesome story. It'd, it'd just be another chapter on what has been an unbelievable storybook career. Oh, absolutely. So I, even as a White Sox fan, I want him to succeed. Do I think he's going to succeed? Not particularly, but I would love to be proved wrong. Okay, so so just quickly, two things about that is, number one, um, the manager is always the first to go because you can't change over the whole roster. And um, the, after that, you start getting rid of players and you send the message that, you know, if you don't perform, then you're gone. So that's going to be interesting. Um, Let's look ahead now, Jason, to the future. And what predictions do you have that we should be thinking about tomorrow, um, the day after tomorrow? Okay, so a couple days ago, I made my decision to go to the All-Star Game and Dunk Contest in February. Sorry for all my Molly and people that are listening. I will not be in D.C. with you guys. I'll be at the All-Star Game. Dunk contest going to be a great time, so I'm going to predict that Zach Levine does do the dunk contest. Two-time champion. Said he'd never do it again, I believe, but hometown team always has have a representative. Yep. Don't think that we'll see Chris Dunn or Wendell Carter. No, it'll be it'll be Zach Levine. It'll be a great time, and I'll be right there watching it. Um, Good. Something that you're definitely not going to understand, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think that with the Grammy nomination list coming out, <laughs> I think that Young Thug's album, So Much Fun, is going to be nominated for a Grammy. I so, totally agree. Yeah, you've never listened to that. Um, you Hopefully you never will. But, yep, and then third, sticking with the Cubs theme, based off of what I've heard, I believe Chris Bryant will be traded this offseason. This is completely unrelated with his grievance. I heard this well before I heard it over the summer, that there's a good chance that, that it would happen. I think that the interest is there. If the Cubs get back major league-ready players, I think that they'll pull the trigger awfully quick. And, of course, if he wins his grievance against the Cubs, I think that there's no chance that he starts next season in a Cubs uniform. So Interesting. And can I just tell you that every generation has music that you don't want your parents to listen to? I mean, when I was growing up, it was. have you ever heard of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? Yep, yeah, it's about being on LSD. Okay, wow. See, there you go. <laughs> I, didn't have to, I didn't have to explain any of that. But that was a big thing that my mother was like, you don't listen to that. So it's all right. It's all good. Okay, here's my final thoughts. I was speaking of my mother. When I was growing up, I would tell stories, sitting in the kitchen, talking to my family, and my mother would just sit there and sigh and nod her head and say, well, Peggy, if that's the way you want to remember things. It became the running joke in our house that my mom never remembered things like I actually did. But then as a journalist, I started to realize that it's true that we all bring different perspectives to our memories. When I was a kid, my mother was young. I remember things like how it might pertain to me at the age that I was, where I was in my life, where, where was I at in school. 
My mother, on the other hand, was in a different place. She was a a young woman who, by the age of 35, was simply trying to stay sane and run a household with her 10th child on the way. When I was 35, I was still single. Or no, I was. Was I single? Was I single? Was I single or was That's I? So funny. I can't remember. But I, I was mean, like, I wasn't, I wasn't even an afterthought back then. So I don't know how you expect me to know that. You weren't even a pre-thought. So, but that's what I'm saying is that she was in a different part of her life than than my memories, anyways. And so she was trying to stay sane while put food on the table for with her tenth kid on the way. And I was really just kind of worried about was there going to be any food left on the table when I got home from basketball practice. So you may know David Ross as a fan rooting for him or against him. I know him as the reporter that I am and the player that he was when I covered the Cubs. Theo Epstein knows David Ross in a different way as his boss and seeing him inside the clubhouse in ways that we did not. So whether you think of David Ross as a journeyman player, a World Series hero, or even a celebrity on Dancing with the Stars. Those are memories that are all different. It doesn't mean any of it is wrong. It's just how you may want to remember it. And with that, we give our thanks to Don Yeager for joining us on The Sportscaster and her son. Follow him on Twitter, at Don Yeager. Pick up his book on David Ross, Teammate, My Journey in Baseball in a World Series for the Ages, on Amazon and wherever you buy your reading materials. And if you are looking for an inspirational speaker, check out his website, donyeager.com. Our thanks to the Chicago Cubs and Major League Baseball. To Adam Yaffe for his amazing support and expertise always in driving this podcast. Artwork and logo is designed by Shay Canander. He's the other twin. Subscribe to our podcast, The Sportscaster and Her Son, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much wherever you listen. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and thesportscasterandherson.com. You can find my stories on Fansided, as always, and my mom's on NBCChicago.com. Thank you very much for listening. The Sportscaster and Her Son is brought to you by Electroflex, a global leader in electrical conduit for over 60 years. Makers of Liquitite Flexible Conduit, electrically connecting our world. (laughs) Was I single? (laughs) Was I single?